You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Like, uh, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzer. I'm Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At the Diner, the flagship podcast here on the Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of our website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. I am also the creator of all of this wonderful geeky nerdiness. Um, quick aside, it was really, really cool. Um, I was talking to some people um, this this past week, and they were we were talking about the website because it comes up because I shamelessly plug it everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> And we started talking about why it was created and what's it, what is it for? And just watching when you tell somebody why we created it and watching them like, cause at first I tell them a geeky nerdy website and they're excited, but they're hesitant where they're just kind of like, oh, what kind of website? How do you guys treat things? You can just see it on their face. And when I was like, look, we're all about inclusivity. There's no gatekeeping and like, the main goal is for everybody to be comfortable to talk about the things they love without being shouted down by some ultra nerd. And they were just like, oh my God, thank you. Like, that's why we did this. And and like, that is the greatest thank you. That is the greatest like gift we can get. Um, I mean, money's nice too, but like, you know, um, when somebody when somebody gets it and somebody understands uh, why we're doing this, um, also, the other aside on this one, too, is I love when our Facebook group, which you can join. It's the Great Geek Refuge group uh, on Facebook. When our group self-polices, man, and somebody says something stupid or racist or sexist, and they're just all over them. I'm just like, yes, good. Do it. Like, it's it's outstanding. That all being said, accolades to all those listeners and um, members that are on the, the group. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. That all being said, let me introduce the rest of the wonderful podcast hosts that I have here, integral parts to the Great Geek Refuge and its continued operations. In fact, I'm going to go backwards. Normally, I introduce an order of how long they've been here, but I'm going to go backwards because this spooky season and Mr. Rambo shared his favorite horror movies article, which was fucking five years ago. It's five years ago. What the fuck? Where did the time Half go? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, that blew my mind. I was like, that was five years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out. He's got a, it. It's an awesome article. Um, in fact, I'll put it up on the front page of the website so you guys can check it out. Um, I just mentioned his name, but I'll mention it again. He is a wonderful contributor here for GGR. Wonderfully talented visual artist, incredibly knowledgeable about all things video games, movies, TV. Uh, so much so that I refer to him as the professor, James motherfucking Rambo. So if you haven't seen Host, 
not the host, just host, a uh, horror movie uh, shot on Zoom, you what? should, because it is incredibly effective really? and genuinely frightening. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do I'm this. In. I'm interested. Yeah, if you uh, know this, there's been there's been a, a wave of stuff like this that's come like uh have you heard of the movie Searching and I think there's one that thing. uh there's Unfriended yeah um which I think has one or two sequels um Host I think was the first one first one um and uh it is just over an hour long because that is the length of a recording you can get in Zoom with a, without an account. <laughs> nice. Um, Stick it to the man. Which also ends up being like, it, it, it like even, even things like that, they, they play into that kind of stuff because at a certain point, you know, like you can see in the upper left-hand corner, time is running out for how long Ooh. they can be on the call. Nice. And so like, and they're building something you know it's coming and you know it's coming you know it's coming and it still hits yeah um well yeah a bunch of friends decide to have a seance via zoom it does not go well uh that's all i'll say it yeah it came out from uh uh from uh bloom house yep i guess two well, years ago shutter, uh, 2020 there you go yeah uh, yeah it's on it's on shutter it's on yeah. uh and yeah, it's it's very much worth your time. Good stuff. Yeah, also, is- uh, underwater on Hulu is fucking great. Totally killer on uh, on Prime. We watched all three of those last night. It was fucking fucking awesome. Good stuff, man. Yes. Our co-host that I have not mentioned yet. Let me bring him up. A wonderfully talented musician. In fact, he's got new music out. You should go check it out. He's on Bandcamp. He's on all places that you can find and listen to music. Um, He's got a wonderful podcast of his own, his own solo joint called The Overflow. His name is M.C. Brooks. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hey, everyone, let's stop normalizing AI just because of memes. That's, yeah. That's how it's yes. Yes. Like that, let's, let's, I thought we agreed it sucked and we, we weren't going to do that. And now because you can see Serena Williams and Sailor Moon, it's suddenly OK. Like, let, let's stop. <sighs> It, it's it goes back to what we were talking about in the cold open oh the cold open if you're unaware that is our patreon exclusive podcast that we have you can get it as well if you go to patreon.com slash great geek refuge a uh, couple of bucks throw us a couple of bucks you can listen to all the cool content that we've done um outside of the regular at the diner podcast um ai man like it, it the reason why it's so quickly growing as, as, as it has been is because it's easy. It's fast food art and it's consumerism at its worst. We want it and we want it now. I want to see what Mark Hamill would look like if he was a Sith um, and, uh, instead of being a Jedi at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, you can just type that prompt into AI and it'll do it instead of asking an artist to do it or like finding art that's actually been done. Cause that's the thing is AI is just stealing that shit. Um, but we want it. We want it, and we want it now. And like TikTok, I think is really making this grow. Like it's pro- proliferating the whole thing because there's so many. Like, hey, what would you look like if you were in a Harry Potter game? You know, like shut oh, yeah. that. It's just there's it's a, yeah. There's a yearbook trend going on right now, if I remember correctly. The where you're you're I guess you're uploading your own image, and then it's recreating a bunch of like what ifs. Like if you were a cheerleader 
or if you were a football player or whatever from like a in a in a yearbook photo type of setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dark shit, man. Um, I want to talk about some other dark shit that we've been watching. Yeah. Um, the latest Marvel series that has come out, uh, Loki season two. The reason I say dark is like there's just like an impending doom and dread in this whole series. And it started with season one. And like, honestly, like as I'm watching season two, I almost want to go back and watch season one because they're referencing stuff. And I'm like, I don't necessarily remember how all of this happened because if you're not ready for this ride, it is complicated as fuck. There is so many moving parts. Like you have to really think like, like five dimensionally because it's time is involved. And like, you literally can talk about the future in the past tense in the show like it's shit like that it is it is complicated yeah. but it is intriguing um it's it's very very interesting and and they're doing some stuff with loki when he was a compelling villain kind of anti-hero character and kind of making him a hero but then he you get these reminders that he's not a hero not, mm-hmm. and like it's it's yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying it so far, and like we we got our first in episode three. Um, Victor Timely showed up, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying what we've seen so far. Um, yeah, thoughts. Let me go, let's go around around the room. MC, kick us off, bud. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm enjoying it too uh, so far. Um, I, I I can very much appreciate that they are making sure like this is not this season so far is not something you can really distracted watch like you can't just put it on while you decide to scroll uh facebook or you know read this article you bookmarked or like no because the second you do that you'll you turn away and you won't realize they're like oh they're they're on a branch timeline not the sacred timeline which also should like that's one of the things that i think i missed when i when i uh, watched the episode one initially um, was the distinct with the distinguishing between oh they're they're um, this is a branch timeline when they're in 1893 this is not the sacred timeline whereas in episode two it's like oh no this is actually uh, this is sacred timeline events that are happening um, but I've I've, I've part, and I've had the same feeling of wanting to rewatch season one because it does feel like it was so long ago. And like, you know, a lot has really happened in the MCU kind of since then. And I don't even think much of what's happened in the greater MCU is really reflected much here outside of we know what happened with Kang or a a variant of Kang in Quantumania, you know, earlier this year. Um, But yeah, so far, like I've I've pretty much enjoyed every episode there. There's a lot of layers to everything. And um i'm kind of watching it through because i rewatched everything last night or, or uh two episodes last night and episode three this morning that you know like when, when i really think about it like as far as future marvel properties there aren't a lot that's being done to really as far as we know they're supposed to set up you know the next big avengers film as far as like multiverse or anything dealing with like time travel or anything like that so you know, there's going to, I'm sure there's a lot of like Easter eggs and things that are going to be revealed or things that we just haven't really seen yet, especially with now like Victor Timely uh, showing up, which um, it, I mean, it sucks that he seems to be a piece of shit in real life, but Jonathan Majors is, is such a good fucking actor, man. Yeah, so <laughs> like, fucking frustrating. Like, it's, it's, yeah. 
it it it, it his performance in in just in in just this in, in just episode three was just like fuck he's 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 a major part of what we have going forward and you can't even it kind of speak, goes back to a conversation we had in the cold open like it you feel kind of complicated about enjoying it because you know that in real life you know regardless like there there are a lot of things that are being said about him whether it's the actual court the actual case against him or um just the the stuff that people who have worked with him um professionally or who, who went to acting school with him have said but he he He's really fucking. He's really fucking good in episode three. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know we'll go more in depth uh, about it too, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying everything so far. Uh, I'm really curious. I mean, we're at the halfway point, which is the other thing too. Like, I forgot season one was only six episodes, and now we're halfway through here. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. I completely God forgot season one was the first season was only six episodes, and we're already at the halfway point of this. And um. To connect things back to my initial my, my opening statement, I think you know, Miss Minutes in Episode Three is probably the greatest argument against allowing AI right to go, <laughs> <laughs> to go on because yeah, it was cool that we yeah. got some clarification on, on like exactly who she is and what she can do because I think a lot of us were just not really sure of what exactly she was and who she was to he who remains even. Dude, like that whole like <laughs> he convinces convinces uh timely to put Renslayer in the boat and drop her off the side of the, the side, like in the uh escape uh, the um life life uh, boat right like it because love it was very much giving love triangle yeah right mm-hmm. and because because he was like because she said partner and he she was and she was like can't have that nope you nope, don't have partners nope. and it wasn't that he doesn't have partners. It's that Miss Minutes was like, no, no, baby, you with me. Yeah, like, I, I'm yeah. your partner. Yeah, you yeah. have a partner. It's me. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you make me a lady body? And I was like, right. Oh, yeah. What? So, and hit, or, or even when she noticed that, like, they were kind of being flirty, and she was like, so, how'd you feel about my performance? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's a, there's a lot of layers going on here, man. And like, I, I love me some Tom Hiddleston. It's, oh, he's he's been excellent too. I can't, I can't figure out what it is that's bugging me about this though. Like, there's again not a hero, not a villain. He's Loki, and ultimately, it. it I don't know, man. It, it's I feel like this is a completely different character now, and it makes sense. Let me be clear. I'm not mad because oh, this is out of character for Loki. No, this makes perfect sense for a Loki who is trapped outside of time who has to try to figure out what's going on. Cause like at this point, what is he really trying to do? What is his goal just to save the timeline? Is that all he's trying to do? Is he trying to get back? Is he trying to go back to the sacred timeline and see Thor? Or is he going to try to stop that? Like there's so many questions that I have with this, but honestly, that's what makes it good is you don't know a hundred percent exactly what Loki's motivations are with this. And like, it makes for a really fun story. And like, I love the underlying current of the only person that can love Loki is Loki of like, he's that much of a narcissist that he falls in love with himself with Sylvie. (laughs) Like it's the only person I can love is the female version of me. And it's just like, wow. Okay. That's fucked up for a lot of different reasons. Okay. Um, But yeah, like it's, I, I like that Sylvie is just, she made the decision. Nope. This is what happens. 
I have to kill all of them. I have to kill all the variants. doesn't matter who it is. And that kind of commitment to this is the way I want to do things is amazing. But also like the timeline that she chose for herself to live in, it wasn't that she was like the ruler of the world or anything like that. She was a fucking employee at McDonald's, man. That was it. McDonald's in the eighties, you know? And that was, it's an interesting choice for her. And like, I like when they asked, the, when she went in there the first time, she was like, the guy's like, hey, what would you like to have? And she's like, a little bit of everything. And I was like, okay, all right. This is this is an interesting take for this character, but like they've, they've made a really, really deep show that I don't know how they're going to tie up in three more episodes because <laughs> there's a lot going on. Uh, Rambo, what say you, bud? Uh, I'm enjoying the hell out of the show. Um, it's been great to get a solid reminder just how fucking good Dom Hiddleston is, uh, as an actor and as this character. Um, the, I mean, honestly, like the first and second episodes in particular, uh, when you see Loki kind of get to, to be a villain again for a little bit, um, and like lean on his, his, uh, um more uh what's the word mischievous roots um is has been great but yeah. the you know i mean like we, it 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 very much is just a clip from uh what was it, it was the post credits from uh uh fuck what movie did that show up in was it ant-man it might have been i think it might th- i think it might have been i think i think I think Ant-Man's, uh, it had two post-credit scenes. One was the one with the, all the Kang variants, and I think the one with Victor Timely was the second the second one. Of okay, the, let's see the actual like post-credits yeah. as opposed to the mid-credits, all right. Um, but then seeing him like genuinely scared, like he looks legitimately frightened um, when he sees Timely show up. Um, like dude is it's just a phenomenal actor yeah um i am blank rafael is rafael casa is the the guy who was playing um the other agent that uh it was like a, a brad wolf um oh yeah the one that yeah the one that became an actor in the 70s yeah yeah um i had only ever seen like clips of that guy before but he is yep. fucking charming as shit oh yeah um yeah, he was fantastic. Like the, like the whole cast has been really good. Uh, seeing uh, Kihai Kwan show up again, I'm always he's, happy to see him. He so basically great. was playing Data as he's an so adult. Good. He's so um, great, man. I loved, I loved watching time get altered in real time. In really yeah. real when time, he's yeah. like, I've never seen that thing ever before. And they flash back and he's like, hey, oh, wait, it's this yeah, thing. Wait, wait, hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I really I really enjoyed the shit out of that. Um, yeah, it's been really smartly executed and really, yeah. uh, really well made. It was always also funny to see like just where certain things fell in the production timeline because that was obviously supposed to be a nod to the fact that Balder was supposed to be in Doctor Strange 2. And yep. then, you know, because of shooting restrictions, they couldn't. But uh because for because for us as the audience, we would already have seen him. And so we would know that that's legit. Um mm-hmm. I'm surprised but, they didn't change that, like do a uh 
reshoot for that, but maybe they're going to bring there's, him into I something mean, else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there's, there's Possibly, you know, yeah. Yeah. hardly still the plan to, to keep him yeah. in there and shit by having that there, there's no reason that nothing says they can't do it again later. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did love how mad Loki got at Norse, uh, appropriation like how mad he was he was like this is bullshit this is not how this works like it was not even that tall yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i do and like owen wilson Balder, is, nobody even knows who balder is owen has been a <laughs> fucking, movie, it's like balder the brave yeah <laughs> like, I, I know who he is yeah. owen wilson has been a fucking delight and this everybody's been so fucking it's, it's, good it's, yeah man. when he goes he goes oh yeah that's right i forgot that you're a norse god too yeah sometimes <laughs> i forget that like it's just so cool that's awesome wow yeah yeah they have great chemistry together <laughs> they do they do and I, I keep seeing these clips pop up of tom hiddleston doing an owen wilson impersonation when they were on i can't remember what movie it was oh wait i do remember but i won't say the director because fuck him he's a piece of shit um, but they were working on a movie together and he was playing F. Scott Fitzgerald and somebody else was playing Hemingway. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he was like, but Owen Wilson's character was in like modern clothing. He's like, so what's what's going on? Why are you in modern clothing? This is a period piece. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's a, I'm in a time machine. I went back in the past. Like, if, yeah, his <laughs> fucking impersonation of Owen Wilson is so goddamn funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm enjoying this, but the one reason I, I, well, not the one reason, one of the reasons that I'm enjoying this is that like, it's not like the other series so far where it actually has stakes on some storyline that we're watching real time because it's so meta. There's so much shit going on because there's multiple timelines and branch timelines and the, and the sacred timeline and, and variants and all this other shit that it makes it very, very complex. And it's almost like a video game in a way. And that's one of the things that, it frustrates me a little bit because it seems like they're always on a wild goose chase for this thing. Get the thing and then do that. Okay. So we got the thing. We did that. Now we have to do this next thing. So, Oh, we got to fix the the time loom uh, or temporal loom. We got to fix that. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, let's go back in time and find the guy who created the temporal loom in the first place. Okay. But he's a bad guy. Is he a bad guy? And then it, it there's, it's so deep because it becomes this thing of is Victor timely inherently bad? the person like is, is that what it is is there something in the tva guidebook that says hey by the way be a douchebag like is the person themselves because i know that with the kang stuff at one point isn't iron iron lad is a is a kang variant and he very, becomes yeah. mm -hmm. he becomes disgusted with himself when he realizes what he becomes yeah, um it's rolled yeah. <laughs> yeah like so i think that there's a lot of really cool things that they can do with this um and and now that I think back on it, I know why I was so hesitant to jump into Loki because I was still pissed off at Secret Invasion. Like that—that that was such a cop out the way they handled that series, the way it ended. Like they had this—they were leading first, to something, and they just fucking first dropped. Five the bag. episodes were so good, and yeah. then yeah, they went about as left as you could possibly. Get. And they and they <laughs> fucking killed. Um, what's the agent's name? Why am I blanking on it? Uh, Colby Smulders' character. They oh, just, Maria Hill. They, Maria, they killed yeah. Maria Hill for no goddamn reason. Like, ultimately, what did that accomplish? Other than she's dead now, you know? Like, it's it's just, it's fucked up. And, like, yeah. And, and, and it, yeah. And, and it, to some degree, it almost, it almost feels like it may have been thrown in as, like, a, see, we have stakes in our shows. 
Yeah. Things that happen here affect yeah. things that happen elsewhere. It matters. Also. Shut up. Yeah. 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 Cause there's Cause consequences, like, you know, and repercussions. Like, Cause not even like Fury really learned anything from it or that no. anything really happened to him in the, in the, in the after in the aftermath of that. Nope. Nope. He got, there and, were no consequences at and, all for him. And to be honest, until you said something, I was honestly, I honestly forgotten that that was the last like Marvel thing that had come out. I, yeah. I, I think I, <clears throat> that that finale frustrated me so much that I just completely forgot that it was a thing that even happened. Um, and completely forgetting too, that like the Marvels comes out in like two weeks. Yeah. Like we, we, we are not that, or like three weeks. We're not that far removed from, um, from that. And so with that, it makes me think of like, cause it, I'm I'm gonna assume that there's probably gonna be something in the finale of Loki that's gonna connect to the Marvels in some way. Just like how um when Hawkeye was happening, when Hawkeye was coming out, it perfectly aligned that we got the Kingpin reveal in the show the same week that we got the Daredevil reveal in No Way Home. It it mm-hmm. lined up rather perfectly. They're like, oh, we're reintroducing these two characters to the MCU one on TV and one in the, in the movie universe. And here's something for you to get excited about going forward. So it kind of makes me wonder like if there's going to be some kind of something um, that connects to the Marvels in some form or fashion, if, if it's going to align up to like the finale or, or penultimate episode comes out the week that the Marvels comes out also. Yeah, I'm not even yeah. sure what it. I'm not even sure what it could necessarily be because it's not like this show takes place in space, or anything yeah. like that. And so, uh, and like none of these characters really interact with Fury or Captain Marvel or Photon yeah. or Miss Marvel. So I'm, I'm 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 not really sure in that regard. Yeah, it'll be interesting where it goes for sure. And like I'm looking forward to the Marvels. I think it'll be fun. I think adding, um, essentially that we have three marvels like that we're going to see get to see the three different actresses yeah. play this role um and how they interact i'm really curious how that's going to work um yeah. the the story is interesting enough to like hook me where i'm like all right let's let's see where they're going with this um but yeah i think we're all, think, all in the yeah go ahead no 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 i agree and i i just i think we should also just preemptively put out there that if like the marvels is going to do well it should do well but when it inevitably doesn't do as well that, as it probably should, it's not because the audience hates Brie Larson and they hate her yeah. and all that. It's like it's the it's, it's going to be for the exact same reason that Blue Beetle didn't do as well, which is that the actors are not doing any promotion leading up to these films. They're, the movies are just coming out. There was no promotion for a lot. I think a lot of people forgot Blue Beetle came out. Yeah, that's because there was. There was no promotion from the, they, they, they were not making the rounds on the talk shows, on the stations. There were not clips coming out. It was just, hey, this movie is coming out. And we've gotten we, we, we've gotten like a little bit of stuff, stuff that obviously uh, Brie, um, I, I can't, uh, Tiana Paris and. Um, Come on, uh, Bellani. Yeah. And, and my, like stuff that they obviously probably like like uh, photography and stuff that they did pre-strike. Like it's probably is, is all that's coming out now, but like yeah, like unless something gets resolved with SAG-AFTRA in the next like three weeks or so, not anticipating any 
any new stuff to come out. And so with that movie, I won't be surprised if that number, if the 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 everything surrounding it, if it doesn't do as well, only because there's literally no promotion. Yeah, there's no promotion going for this uh, for this film outside of just like the trailers that we've gotten. I mean, look at the Flash. The same thing happened to the Flash as well, but that was for different reasons. There was no promo for but, you know. No, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but that that should and that should that should also yeah. that should also be 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 a lesson too. But like, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the Marvels. I'm excited to see what these next couple episodes of Loki are going to bring. I, I mean, it's three episodes left. I'm not sure how they're going to tie anything together and i'm also just i'm i'm quite curious just where is this going to leave off in terms of setting up whatever variant of kang is coming or it shows up in terms of like the kang dynasty since you know as far as we know with the projects we know are coming this is one of the only handful that will have anything to do that, that directly ties to kang yeah Mm-hmm. This will be it'll be interesting for sure. Um, so let's um, while we're talking about Marvel, let's talk about the uh, the book, uh, the new book. It just got released, um, and there was a New York Times review of it, and a couple people have read it. And luckily, uh, MC was able to grab some some takes from it. Uh, but the book's called MCU: The Reign of Marvel Studios. Um, we'll kind of start with with we'll literally just go through what we had seen and we'll kind of read through and, and, and kind of talk about some of these uh, big revelations. Yeah. MC was, there, were there any, like, we'll, we'll start with phase one um, and then we'll just kind of work our way through the phases. Was there any in phase one that you read and you were just like, Holy shit. Or like, what the fuck? Like something that was either amazing or like, this is fucked up kind of thing. Um, I mean, like, I just like some of the stuff that I think that came out um, from from the phase one stuff, I think was I don't think it was necessarily uh, surprising. Like, I, I think this the stuff with like the Mandarin and Iron Man was something that was kind of that was kind of known, um, especially because they ended up tr- doing some something with it in the Iron, yeah. in Iron Man three, um, inevitably. Um but I think I, I will say like the the Fury's big week thing, I, like the fact that it was unplanned, it just kind of conveniently worked out that way was kind yeah. of was kind of like oh interesting. Uh, I did not know that. Um, and then also I guess also learning too a little bit more about what exactly was going on between Edward Norton and Marvel over the Hulk movie and like yeah. why he ultimately ended up being replaced. You know, with them kind of. Uh, having disagreements about like what kind of Hulk movie, you know, they, they wanted to, they, they wanted to take. And I, and I guess, you know, I guess it, there must be bad blood because he hasn't, you know, he obviously hasn't been back and he probably won't be coming back even for yeah. a secret, secret wars um, or anything like that. But um, I'm trying to like the stuff with phase one, uh, the stuff with Don Cheadle, it was kind of yeah that was I, I, he he spoke about that like a year ago the fact that he got uh that uh the person he spoke to at marvel gave him 2 hours while he was at a birthday party to decide whether he wanted to yeah to join I, I like that they were like we're, we're going to give you 1 hour he's like i'm playing laser tag and they were like oh fuck oh we're sorry okay 2 hours <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and then um but also like i, I mean like there, there was just there's there's just we got we we learned who the 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 creative committee actually was. Yeah. Um, 
them knowing, uh, even with, I guess, it not really being a plan, but it, when they hired Tom Hiddleston, knowing that he, like, knowing they wanted him to be the villain of uh, the Avengers film, the fact that uh, Robert Downey Jr. was, uh, like, recruited Chris Evans, that I, don't yeah. think, I, don't, I don't think I knew that either. I knew he turned him down initially. I didn't know that there was, like, a whole, uh, a whole pitch of uh, of anything but yeah like most of most of the stuff that that was in the the screenshots that I, that I sent to you all um i don't think there was a lot from phase one that was just kind of surprising some of the pre-mcu stuff was like oh yeah so so the one that got me was um like the whole bankruptcy of marvel yeah like so rambo apparently there's a point where in the 90s ike perlmutter and ava rad were sprinting through the streets of manhattan to crash a meeting with their pitch to save marvel like just that sounds like something out of a movie it it, it really does and like i thought that i thought that was super interesting um oh it was just the whole like toy biz that yes. marvel, marvel owned yeah. bought marvel mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> out, of, out of bankruptcy yeah essentially yeah, yeah. um there there's a there's a donald trump cameo in this because Perlmutter approved the plan for Marvel to begin producing films internally in a Mar-a-Lago lunchroom. Which is, yeah, I know. Right. Shocker that they're buddies. Um, early. I love this. I love this line in particular. Uh, early Marvel studio offices were very jank. Uh, when Faggy was hired, they gave him office space in a Marvel owned kite company. <laughs> After five years, they finally moved him to a rented office space above a Mercedes dealership. <laughs> Like this company was so busted, like, and, but they made it work. Um, I also thought it was funny that um, the first John Favreau, ABA rad idea was not Iron Man. They kicked around a comedic tale on Captain America, an elf style journey of a squeaky clean 1940s soldier adjusting to the modern world. <laughs> like that's interesting. I mean, I'll watch that. I yeah. would have watched it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah, just looking through all of these, like, uh, oh, the zero point. I like that they established that. So for any of you Star Wars nerds out there, um, they will refer to things on a timeline, and you'll see BBY, and that's before the Battle of Yavin. Battle of Yavin in Star Wars is the zero point. So that's like zero AD, essentially. Um, And everything before that is referred to that. The zero point in the Marvel Universe is when Tony Stark said, I am Iron Man. So everything is like before that or after that, essentially. You know what I'm curious about? Like knowing that that line was improv and then just add and, and add it in because that wasn't part of the original idea. It makes me wonder what the zero point would have been if if that line was not retroactively put in. We talked huh. about this before, yeah. right? Yeah, like, RD, like RDJ improvised. That wasn't yeah. like him saying, I'm, I'm Iron Man. It wasn't part of that script, yeah. but Kevin Feige loved the idea. Like after it happened, he loved the idea of that being like the end point of the movie. That he's like, yeah, no, leave that in. Like leave that in. So it makes yeah. me curious what what that might what what the zero point for the MCU might have been had they had that not been part of it. Yeah, I would think that it would just be like that battle where you, you see Iron Man publicly. Like it would just be essentially that movie is like kind of like your zero point, like the battle between him and uh, the Iron Monger, um, or you know him versus the dude. Because um, I, I feel like most people don't know that name of the the name of the thing that he's in. Like when um, Obadiah Stane gets in the suit, they didn't know that it was the Iron Monger because I've referred to it before, and they're like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, you know when um, Big Lebowski gets inside the the suit." And they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, that, that part. yeah." yeah. <laughs> uh, 
this was another one to me. Uh, they finally revealed who the creative committee was. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of names jump out that I recognize, but some of them I don't. Uh, so it was Dan Buckley, Joe Casada, Brian Michael Bendis, Luis D'Esposito, Kevin Feige, and Alan Fine. Uh, the MCU's most unpopular decisions and toxic feedback culture came from Fine, who was Perlmutter's attack dog. Screaming matches were had because the MCC wanted Captain America to be set in the modern day. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't see why they would have a screaming match about that, but okay, whatever, you know? Well, I mean, because it just becomes somebody digging in and, and yeah. who particularly somebody who doesn't understand what the fuck they're talking about yeah um, which, which tracks with a lot of their early with a lot of their early decisions that we know Mutter was uh trying to be involved in mm-hmm. yeah and i could see like bendis and casada like because they're they're comic guys so like i could see them being like no we need to go back and set his origin story like that needs to happen and like this guy being like no it needs to be modern day because blah 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 you know like whatever no one's reason. gonna want to watch a movie yes. said world war ii no, I, I i mean i, I did yeah, i enjoyed I, it yeah. it's one of my favorites very good yeah uh let's see um there's some shit about joss whedon but fuck that guy um it makes sense though what he says he, he chose the chitari because he didn't want an alien army with complicated baggage like the career of the scroll um yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, and that honestly, like Thanos was just supposed to be a bit of fan service, and that they proved the cameo without any thought of planning on how that would shape the MCU. I think that's kind of yeah. cool. It was just like a throwaway thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, I mean, which which again kind of goes into like, you know, I, I know that they've changed a lot of their stuff. Like they say things now to try to imply that like they you know there was always a a plan for this stuff to come together and we kind of know they're like you know there really wasn't they just made very intentional choices at points and it just kind of ultimately came together on the fly and they practiced a level of patience that dc at that time was not willing to do which is why the dceu ended up being the, the way it was with trying to fast track the justice league after one after two movies um but yeah, like it's it's just a good little bit of info on 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 that part, which I'm, yeah, I, which again, but it also makes me wonder, like, what what you know, what might they have done with that, um, if they did if they did choose to not, uh, you know, not pay off the Thanos Easter egg. Yeah, and, that would have been also, super interesting. And, yeah, and then also when the decision was made to like start building on it. Because after, because phase two was phase two when we got like guard, we started to get guardians and some of these other properties. Uh, let me look. 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 I don't. I don't remember. I because I, I think guardians was phase two, if I remember correctly. I think so I think too. The, yeah. I, I think the second one was was part of phase three. It is. Yeah, because it says right here, Nicole Perlman initially had Nova lead Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was decided a more roguish figure was needed. Quill's mixtape was her idea, with the MCC opposed. Shocker. Um, otherwise they didn't contribute much feedback because they believed Guardians of the Galaxy would inevitably fail and they could rein in Feige. So fuck Guardians of the Galaxy because that did so well, basically it gave Feige enough clout to be like, mm, fuck all of you guys, get out of here. That's kind of awesome. Fucking funny. Yeah, yeah sounds, dude. It sounds, it sounds, about, it sounds about right. Um, one of the other ones that really jumped out to me and I thought this was interesting, we knew this. We knew that Pearl Mutter was a, was a, a sexist piece of shit. 
Uh, Perlmutter resisted even Black Widow being an Avenger. He wanted the team to be all men. Marvel corporate believed the sweet spot to move action figures was white men in their 30s. Runaways was canceled because it wasn't toyetic enough. That's actually a word, toyetic. I didn't even. Yes, like, that is a word. It's fucking yep. ridiculous. It's, uh, it's it's a corporate buzzword, but it's definitely still a word. That is fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. there's no way that toy sales make that much money, is there? Oh, dude, merch sales are huge. Uh, it, it's it's huge. So and we're also, just calling all merch. So t-shirts, every fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah, but toys are a big part of it. Like that is really? that's a huge money yeah. maker. You know, I say I that mean, as I look at my fucking Marvel action figures I have on my yeah. wall. And also, I mean, Lucas. Lucas yeah. Lu- the reason Lucas got as rich as he did yeah. is because Fox was like, eh, merch sales, we're not really worried about it. And that's also why Luke, why Star Wars toys are like, oh was this character in a second in like like a half second of screen time once in one scene there's an action figure for him yeah yep and also yeah. why they do what this is why like characters are always getting new suits or different attire so there's mm-hmm. a new reason to make more to have something to sell wow they go yeah. this is oh captain mar oh uh, miss marvel is a different suit for this more toys again we get to make a malibu stacy in her new hat reference again uh-huh. so, yeah <laughs> yep and if i remember correctly too um i, I want to say black widow from that initial avengers movie was the only one that didn't get an action figure doesn't surprise me jesus christ man if i remember correctly like and, and there was like a little bit of backlash because you know people who were collectors were trying to get like the full team and were like well we hey how come we can't find like a shirt we can't find an action figure. We can't find some sort of collectible. And it's like, oh yeah, that's why he didn't, he didn't feel, yeah, you know, she could, that, that women. And it's also, it's also like, it wasn't mentioned um, in, in this, but it's also why like there was no black widow movie like, for phase two, even mm-hmm. yeah. because that's he why, didn't. Yeah. Yeah. There's you know, black widow movie. No, uh, they kept pushing back black Panther and Captain Marvel, especially, yeah. especially when Spider-Man came up as a viable option um yeah, yeah because because captain mar because captain marvel was initially supposed to be in the um the post-credit scene for age of ultron mm-hmm. her her she was supposed to be introduced when with that new team that they were assembling in the at the end of the movie or in the post-credit scene i don't remember which one it was but that was supposed to be her introduction and that got pushed back because ike was like uh no yeah nobody cares there's so many interesting things in, in phase two like it's when they got into phase two that they realized that the creative committee was basically like a choke point for any production um, because they were saying um, it, they would, they insisted on reading all scripts, but taking longer than ever to respond to them. Uh, the notes coming out of the New York, uh, out of New York coalesced around one single idea. The Marvel cinematic universe should exist to sell merchandise. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, they went all in with this, didn't they? Um, Rebecca Hall signed for Iron Man 3. It was explicitly to play the film's villain. The MCC forced Shane Black, Drew Pierce, to change this due to toy sale concerns. For the same reasons, Hela was replaced as the villain for Thor 2. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. No, we're not going to be able to sell toys. Yeah, but I mean, again, it it hinged on that idea. Um, And then they wasted the fuck out of Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, for for nothing, for toy sales. And that and and that fucking character, like and Malekith is is like a legit Thor villain, and he has been completely relegated to a mediocre movie. 
uh, with a phenomenal actor playing that character that no one will see anything else from. Yeah. It's really disappointing. Yeah. There's and and when you read through the phase two shit, you see so much of it, like how the creative committee fucked everything up. Marvel Studios and Marvel Television were housed on opposite ends of Disney's Burbank headquarters. Marvel Studios regarded TV spinoffs as forced synergy. When Blade, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Ghost Rider reverted back to Marvel, the MCC assigned them to television over studio objections. They were just like, yeah, fuck them. Just go to TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica Jones fell apart at ABC because the network wanted to retool the show to focus on Carol Danvers. Like, wait, what? No, I said the same thing, too. I, I didn't know anything about um, or I hadn't heard anything about yeah anything involving a Captain Marvel or I guess a yeah. Miss Marvel at the time. Yeah. Um, huh. Interesting. The Russos insisted on physical sets and practical effects wherever possible, which is why most of their movies are better than the other ones, and closely fine-tuned the fight choreography. For the elevator sequence, Evans was required for most of his stunts due to the limited filming space. That's fucking good for Chris Evans, man. Yeah. His own stunts and shit. Um, yeah, they talk about the Edgar Wright stuff with Ant-Man and how that was a fucking mess. And like, it, again, the creative control team. Um, yeah, the MC, the MCC noted the, he- uh, noted the hell out of Ant-Man clumsily shoehorning in MCU references, which Wright and Cornish tried to make work to nudge things forward. Marvel Studios hired an in-house writer to do a rewrite, but it backfired. Wright was so shocked. He no longer believed Marvel operated as good faith con- collaborators and left the film. Wow. Damn, the original uh, Yellow Jacket was Patrick Wilson. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of reading through this. Like, yeah, yeah, guys, like, seriously, it, listeners, take a this, – this book is – if you're an MCU fan, get this book because there is a ton of really, really, really good shit in here. Um, they talk about how Edgar Wright leaving um, Ant-Man is kind of like the biggest what-if that they have. Um, if Wright had filmed his Ant-Man script in the early years of Marvel, he likely would have been able to make it his way, and he might have been a- even shifted the trajectory of the MCU, infusing it with his own sensibility and humor. He just waited too long. Wow, how fucked well, up is uh, that? Of Dave Renee was gonna do uh, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's there's all these instances of, yeah. and that was that was supposed to be uh, one of the um, the big differences between how dc and marvel were approaching things is dc was basically setting it up as like you can kind of come in and do essentially whatever you want with minor uh uh, uh, limitations and even that just fell apart like real quick uh funny enough again with ava davernay she was gonna do a new gods movie yeah Yeah. and her and Mm -hmm. tom king were gonna do it and then that just collapsed do you want to know the moment when it all changed? It was in phase three, and I'm reading it right here. Um, Let's hear it. The MCC wanted to cut Tony Stark from Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Um, you talked about this before, uh, MC. You mentioned that they wanted it to be the Hulk, right? Yeah. So basically what it was was um, – I'm, I'm actually surprised it wasn't listed in this in this stuff here. But, like, you know, Ike Perlmutter, notoriously cheap. You know what yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was doing around that time? Making a lot of money, showing to show up as Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and, and if I remember correctly, there was also a point where, where he had, he was also like negotiating on behalf of his co-stars 
so that they would also be making more money. Yep. Also, yeah. that yeah. was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. and so, uh, and so, um, what it was, uh, if I remember correctly, so yeah, Perlmutter was just like, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. Like, right, get get rid of him. All like, just just don't have him be in the be in the film at all, because um, RDJ was like, well, if I'm going to be in this movie, like you know, pay me like the money to be in this movie. And if I'm also going to, if we're, if we're really going to do this pitting me against uh cap thing, then like I need to be in the movie beyond just like the little cameo that they were originally uh, trying to plan. The rest of this goes like this. So the MCC pushed for the airport fight to be superheroes versus super soldiers. Uh, weird. Okay. There's only what, there's only two of them, aren't there? It's just, Bucky and Cap, and then all the rest of them are superheroes, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, and guess it's like them two just trying to take them down. I guess, yeah. Like, I, Iger, Bob Iger steps in. Iger called Pearl Mother to try to smooth things over, overriding Ike on greenlighting Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Again, we know that Iger has his moments where he's a sack of shit, but way to go, Bob Iger. Um, the production grew more contentious and the Russo, Russos threatened to quit. Finally, when Perlmutter decided to fire Kevin Feige, Iger cut the strings, freeing Feige. The MCC was dead. Like, it was it was Bob Iger. Iger was like, he's like, I'm going to fire Kevin Feige. And Iger's like, no, you're not. No. Yeah. yeah. You mean you're going to try and murder the Golden Goose? Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Because what's not mentioned there is that Feige was also threatening to quit. He was, yep. he was like, he, he was like, I... Because the 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 him and Perlmutter were just like uh, if they they were just not they they were just not seeing it for for this movie in particular, um, and you know and Feige like really wanted he wanted Black Panther and and um, well Captain Marvel didn't make it yeah. in, didn't make it didn't make it in the Civil War but yeah. still one was like had been trying to get that character in the MCU for yeah for 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 a while like Civil for me. I think Civil War is kind of like a zero point for us as a fandom because that's the point where Kevin Feige got the control that he has now over the project, over like the MCU and, and was able to create, you know, a lot of the diversity and give a lot of, a lot more creative freedom without studio interference than had previously um, existed when Perlmutter was, you know, finance was, 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 was trying to rule everything by, you know about how they could save money storytelling be damned because if i remember correctly that's why he's he's a big reason why we got that really cringy uh hulk black widow romance thing in age of ultron yeah that was i i, thought, I, 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 I saw that movie recently and like yeah it was it's much worse than i remember it, it is the worst part of that <laughs> it is the worst part of that movie it's, by it's far so, it's so cringy yeah yeah and the whole line about like, oh, neither of us can have kids. Yeah, yeah. like, it, and apparently Natasha Romanoff's uh, entire existence and value is her ability to get have children. Like, it, the whole thing was fucked. And it like, was just very cringy. Yeah, but I mean, it's also that that reeks of our buddy uh, Joss Whedon. Um, they they actually spell out the Sony contract over Marvel, and that, I thought that was interest, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Sony's contract with Marvel specified that after the release of a Spider-Man movie, the studio had to start production of the next one within three years and nine months and get it into theaters within five years and nine months. Otherwise, the hugely valuable Spider-Man movie rights would revert to Marvel. That's mm -hmm. fucking wild. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Which is why the Amazing Spider-Man movies got made at all. Yeah. I watched both of those, by the way. Um, they're not as bad as, as I thought they were going to be. They, they're not great. I still think the Tobey Maguire ones are better. And I think the ones that Tom Holland has done are better, but like, they weren't awful. Like I, I liked, um, I, yeah, I really, really liked Andrew Garfield as, mm-hmm. as Spider-Man. Um, I, uh, Kathy, um, Kathy, um, Sally Field. Sally Field was great. Sally Field was amazing as Aunt May. Yeah. 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 It was, they were solid flicks, man. Like they just weren't great. And like, I don't understand the hate for Andrew Garfield, that poor dude, like that, going back and looking at what people said about him really gave me Hayden Christensen, um, star Wars vibes of the way people were just shitting on him for something that really wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's why uh, so many people were happy with like the fact that he got his redemption in no way home. Yeah. That, that his, his version of Spider-Man, you know, got, got redemption, got, got an opportunity to save the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, like, actually received praise for, you know, what was very contentious, because I think even he's talked about, um, like, some of the, like, how like the how much, the, the impact that all the negativity surrounding those films had on him as an actor. Oh, yeah, dude, it, it's got to be, it's got to be brutal. And, like, speaking of that, um, there's, a, they talk about um, what the plan was after filming Endgame. The onset plan was to have Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Spider-Man be the three new faces of the MCU. Mm, yep. It didn't work out, though, because Marvel lost uh, Spider-Man rights after uh, Far From Home and Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, passed away. But then it also doesn't give a lot of detail, but it says that Brie Larson was pretty disillusioned after working with Marvel. But nothing Marvel specifically, likely due to Internet harassment campaigns. So basically, yeah. the same thing that happened to Garfield, same thing that happened to Hayden Christensen in Star Wars. She was just fucking tired of hearing about it. And she was tired of people trying to like change the narrative because in Andrew Garfield and Hayden Christensen's side of things, that's one thing. I actually, I'm going to backtrack and say that I shouldn't even compare the Brie Larson stuff to them because when attacking Andrew Garfield and Hayden Christensen, it was not about their sex. It was not about how they looked. It was never about any of that. It was all about, well, we didn't like this, or this dialogue was bad, and that therefore means they're a bad actor. They literally created shit about Brie Larson that wasn't true. They cut clips of interviews to make it look like people were pissed at her. Like, the, the famous thing... Their, rolling their, eye, rolling yeah. their eyes, like, when she was talking, or being like, ugh. Or, yeah. or, or taking moments that were very clearly, like, inside banter between them, between the yeah. actors and making it to seem like, oh yeah, they really hate her. Yeah. yeah. Like, I I think that there's a similar, a similar vein, but like what happened to Brie Larson was so much worse and so much grosser and like, but, yeah. And I think also what might've helped that Marvel didn't do that I'm sure that she would have appreciated is kind of what um, the Star Wars fandom did for um, Old Girl from Obi-Wan um uh, moses uh, yeah i can't remember her character's name but like the fact that there was no like public statement or nothing that came out to be like hey like we we're not going to tolerate all of these all this disrespect and all this like negative stuff uh going out you know about about brie larson um implying things that aren't true um and saying that you know we don't like her or anything like that and i'm pretty sure like like not having anyone really come to her aid, because uh, if I remember, I think there's only really been 
like one or two Marvel actors who have actually said something about the fact that, and I think Samuel Jackson is actually one of them. Who is? Oh yeah, the says, two of them are really tight. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, only like two, only really two two people uh, from that from of those Avengers actors actually said something about how BS it is that she gets the harassment that she has gotten for for you know for being her and for playing Captain Marvel and for 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 all this other stuff. So like I kind of I kind of get it on 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 her end um yeah for sure kind of not really having the support and like and the thing is i already feel like it's going to start up again because even some of the stuff that i've come across recently about the marvels has been like oh they're trying to hide brie larson they're trying to hide brie larson in this movie because the first one was trash so they're so they're putting all these other actors in there they're woke pandering with tiana paris and Amon Vellani. Uh, being part of it just to just to hide just to give her a she uh, a human a shield from how bad that first movie was it's like like it's our it's already starting like you said we're still three two three weeks out from this movie even already uh, coming yeah jesus christ honestly man like in in my look at it uh captain marvel is on par with the first thor movie it was good it's all right like yeah. it wasn't great it's was, it was good enough like they're there were things that I thought could have been better, but like, I didn't hate the movie. And like, I especially didn't attribute any weird political shit to it. That was unnecessary. I didn't assume that Brie Larson hated men and wasn't making this movie for men. It's not for, I didn't. And even if, if, even if she said that, I wouldn't give a shit. And the, the movie she was talking about, wasn't that it was no, a wrinkle in time. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like, it, it was, yeah, she wasn't it was, even referring to the movie. Wasn't she talking about the book? Uh, no, she's I talking think, about the movie. She's okay. she's saying that you know she she the quote is something along the lines of like I am I I don't need to hear the opinions of straight white men. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, her, on her media campaign, I think she made a point to only really talk to women, uh, women specifically, uh, either women uh, media reviewers or just non non white yeah. media reviewers in uh, talking yeah. about that film. Also, yeah. Yeah, and of course, you know that upset you know that that side of of the internet who, you know, made it wanted to make it seem like something else. Jesus Christ! Um, after Guardians of the Galaxy three, James Gunn planned on sticking around uh, the MCU to flesh out its cosmic side, but after being fired and rehired, he made clear his future loyalties would be with DC. So that's one of those another one of those what if things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if Disney had just like not done anything about that, that would have been the smart thing to do, but. You know, that's when Iger wasn't in charge anymore and it was Chapek. Uh No Way Home basically never had a finished screenplay because so many elements were in flux. Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane Watson, and Sally Field's Aunt May were all in various drafts. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield weren't signed until two months into filming. Yeah. Wow. Also, you know, also, like, there was... The the other thing that ha- that really happened was the... If I remember, like due to COVID, they swapped the release dates for that and Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, because originally America Chavez was supposed to be in No Way Home. And when they managed to get McGuire um and um Garfield. Garfield yeah. to to uh sign to, to to sign on to the movie. And then when the release dates uh got swapped, it didn't make narrative sense to have her 
show up there yeah. because because the events of Doctor Strange wouldn't have happened. So we wouldn't even know who this person was showing yeah. up in No Way Home. So that was also a big reason why so much of it, uh, why so much of that, uh, so much of that changed. Because and Kevin Feige has even said as much too that like they weren't sure if they were going to be able to happen. So they, they were kind of just filming. Um, they were kind of just filming, you know, and just kind of hoping to, if they got the rights, cool. And if they didn't, that they would still be able to put like a cohesive movie together with, with the, with the stuff that they knew that they wanted to have be part of it. There was more with this too. And Rambo, I need your help with this one, bud. Cause I don't okay. know what they're talking about. And MCA, you might know this too. So it says the book seems to imply that no way home had an over the top AVA rad call out. And they say it was actually added by Marvel Studios and not contractually obligated or requested by ARAD. Like, what is that referencing? I yeah. am the foggiest. Um, yeah. That's is it just like, good... is it like having him in like the credits or something like that? It must be. Yeah, like it's some weird because thank you for the credits or something. But he's not a he did, what, didn't create spy. I mean, whatever. Cool. You know. I but, mean, he was he's a. a marvel producer and yeah. have been for years and years and years mm -hmm. uh i think still is um yeah i remember him in um fuck when the x-men cartoon came out they did this um well this will date me um so if you went to pizza hut back in the day and you got yourself a kid's personal pan pizza you could also buy uh the first three episodes of the x-men animated series um and they had a behind the scenes thing with stan lee um stan lee fabian nisiesa um scott lobdell and ava red um and i just remember like he was involved in the production of the cartoon and like the whole thing was just them just 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 like sucking stanley off as hard as they possibly could stan you're so great you're so wonderful like but i remember him being involved with the x-men animated series so yeah he's been around for a while yeah no he's he's been yeah. big deal marvel producer for many 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 years we're like looking at you know probably 20 or 30 like, like no 30 or 40 years at this point yeah i'm looking through like the rest of these um go ahead mc yeah so so i mean basically what what's what's be it, it appears to be that is basically like without him they're just like no the no way home, the version of no way home that we got yeah. wouldn't have wouldn't have happened wouldn't have happened without him because he okay. was the producer on toby mcguire's spider-man and he's the one who got andrew garfield for the amazing spider-man movies gotcha okay okay so, well, that's, so like so yeah, yeah so, so they were saying that he was he was a little bit more involved in like just being um a producer and so because of that yeah. he, he he deserved to be credited because we don't get this without him doing uh yeah without him doing all the work that he that um that he had done yeah yeah, um, that was interesting. And then it talks about the the rift that grew between uh, Victoria Alonso and um, Kevin Feige because Feige, as soon as he became the, the head of the whole thing, he immediately promoted her. And what drove the wedge between them was when Chapek didn't come out against Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. Alonso was very, very vocal about that. And he was pissed at her. Feige was pissed at her because he was like, don't air our dirty laundry like in public. And that caused the rift, and that eventually is what led to her leaving. Um, I thought that was interesting. I mean, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, like, like read the fucking room, dude. Yeah. That's, like, really wild that that would be part of the issue, you know? Like, 
Yeah. But overall, I mean, it's a super interesting book. Um, it It's funny that like they start the, the book essentially like more or less ends kind of like on a question mark of like, well, what's going to happen next? Is it all going to fall apart? Like, because they go into all the good things that happen, but then they talk about some of the bad stuff, but like, it's so crazy how vastly different the good versus bad is before Feige took over when Iger fired Perlmutter mm-hmm. and after, like after it's just like, well, you know, these two had a disagreement and that was about it. Whereas, oh yeah, this guy did this sexist and racist and misogynistic thing. Like they made horrible decisions because they wanted to sell more toys. It was just like, Jesus Christ, man. And they also didn't just didn't care about like actors. I mean, li- yeah. literally the re- the reason um, Terrence Howard was replaced on Iron Man was because he was making too much money. Bring, that was bring, the reason? Yeah, bring, bringing him. He is at, at the time, uh, Terrence Howe was like, I'm a bigger star than your lead in this movie. And if you're going to. Well, he was act, also, I think he was hired first. Yeah. Yeah. So he's wow. like, he was like, yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, if you, like if they had a disagreement, Perlmutter. This is where like the infamous leaked quote came out about how he, about how he allegedly told Terrence Howard, I'll just get another black guy. They're all the same. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know he yeah, said, man. holy shit. Did he... Wow. Yeah. Like. And, and, and that's that, what led to Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle getting the, the phone call at the party and so on. Good Lord. Like, that's not even, wow. When people are like, oh, Hollywood's woke, is it? Like, you hear shit like this happen, like, and that's not uncommon to hear shit like that. That's, yeah. that is fucking wild, dude. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It was, yeah, it's all like, not not great <laughs> to say the, to 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 say to say the least um but yeah like i for like i said i yeah. think the, the zero point for the mcu absolutely has to be the civil war movie just because that's when feige got creative control like i because because I, I i struggle to think about what what happens like what does phase three and four look like do we even get an Infinity War Endgame situation um, with that power struggle with Perlmutter making the decisions he was making? You know, like, is Shuri, like, we probably don't get Black Panther, we don't get Captain Marvel. Yeah. You know, how do, how does, you know, how do, like, what does what the Avengers team, you know, look like? What do, what are those, what does this build up to Thanos yeah. um, even look like? Yeah, would it have just been a throwaway thing that Thanos was there? Yeah, that, that's a yeah. Yeah, I probably, I mean, probably so. With the kind of interfering that they were doing, the fact that like Ultron should probably should undoubtedly be like a much bigger Marvel villain, not just like a villain that get get they got just take, taken out at the end. At at worst, he should have just been like just out there somewhere. You just don't know when he'll pop up again. Yeah. Um, but that was just the result of 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 uh of that. The, oh. I want to say that the nightmare sequence was something that was that was that was from the studio also. Yeah, like Tony Stark having that 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 nightmare be part of it, and he literally was like, "I will gut this movie if you do not have this in there." Yeah, damn. Um, we were talking about Victoria Alonso. There's more stuff uh, about her. So oh, one of the only times Alonso refused a request from the higher ups 
was removing removing LGBTQ references in Quantum Mania for release in certain countries. Uh, Luis D'Esposito hired a VFX team behind her back, which she considered a profound betrayal. When Disney fired Alonzo this year, nobody from Marvel's inter- uh, studio intervened. So, man, that whoo, <laughs> that's that's ooh, that's not a good look. Um, yeah. And yeah, apparently Feige places a great deal of pride on the MCU's Rotten Tomato scores. Um, they're on like displays them certified fresh uh, as plaques around the office. Like, seems that's like a, a, little, a little, yes, it's a little much. That seems like a weird, <laughs> weird flex, man. I mean, I would be displaying the, the the gross box offices of like this one made a billion, this one made a billion. Yeah, yeah. My but, successes, you know. I see, like, if I were him, I, like, I would have, I like, he should absolutely have something to flex. And like, oh, I thought like only straight white men could sell merch. Well, Black Panther made a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Black Panther made a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. It was still in theaters yeah. when Infinity War came out yeah. months later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the story that Rambo is told, which I, I fucking love about seeing so many people like, it, and it wasn't just like uh, 18 to 45 uh, black men that were coming to see that it was entire families. It was children. It was older, um, older black folk. Like it, that's awesome. Like that's, that's a cultural event. That's not just a movie and you yeah. don't see that happen very often. And like, that's, that's amazing. Were, and that never would have happened if Perlmutter's bitch ass was still around. One, one, th- one thousand, one thousand percent. I mean, you just think yeah. about like, we probably don't get Monica Rambeau. We don't get yeah. Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, None of we it. Don't, like we we probably we don't get uh, Kate Bishop. Yeah. We probably don't get much of, even Falcon and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, with Isaiah um, Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. Like, yeah, we probably don't get any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Wild shit, man. We'll but yeah, check this. Yeah. yeah, check this book out. Um, it, it, it's fascinating. I mean, like if you like the behind the scenes MCU stuff, if you love the behind the scenes like Hollywood stuff and you want to know how this uh, stuff all works, this is a really, really good book for that. So definitely check it out. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, folks, thank you for listening. As always, we, we really appreciate that this thing of just three buds talking about shit that they nerd out about is, is something that you want to listen to. So we really, truly appreciate that. Um, we'll be back soon. Make sure you stay tuned for the next episodes that we have of At The Diner. But check out some of the other podcasts that we have as well on The Great Geek Refuge. There's a ton of stuff. Go to greatgeekrefuge.com, click on podcast. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you can listen to. Uh, So check that out. Ooh, our spooky stuff. Yeah. If you go to um, our playcast, GGR Playcasts, The Hitchhiker, starring yours truly, directed by Miss Mariah Beachboard. Uh, That's on there, and it's great for spooky season because it's a scary ghost story. Ooh. That all being said, uh, we're going to head out. Appreciate you all. Remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach.
Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!